Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. I'm Ben Kissel, and I approve this jingle. Hey, this is, this is the brighter side, and we have in studio, unbelievably, yeah, a I very know. hard get, <laughs> running for Brooklyn Borough President, Mr. Ben Kissel. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Eddie. It's a great pleasure to be with you. And coming in via Skype. Wow. From the capital of Ohio, doing some groundwork for no reason, for no reason, out in Ohio, working his ass off for Mr. Ben Kissel, Uh his campaign manager, my director, Mr. Travis Irvine. Hello, hello. Good to be with you, boys. Travis, the crowd's Thanks. going um, nuts. The crowd really is going crazy, Travis. I can hello? see it in Are my they mind. Going crazy? They're going nuts. They're going it's like nuts. a soccer game over here. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing, baby? How's Ohio? Oh, it's great. It's sunny, and then sometimes it's cloudy, and then it's sunny again. It's just really <laughs> wacky what happens here in Columbus, Ohio. I got to open for Dennis Kucinich this weekend at the Big Community Festival, and it's one of the highlights of my life. Most people don't know who that is. Who is it? Dennis Kucinich was one of the most progressive Democratic congressmen. He was from Cleveland. Before he was a congressman, he was mayor of Cleveland at like 24 years old. That's he kicked out all awesome. the corporations, almost made the city go bankrupt. Um, because the corporations yeah. were so mad at him that they just started pulling money out of the city entirely. Wow. But he saved like two community hospitals. You know, he he went like total progressive socialist on it, and um, the people still loved him enough that they elected him congressman. And uh, yeah, he's great. He's pro constitution, anti deep yep. state. The exact you know the type of Democrat you wish we had more of. Absolutely, yeah. he was completely against the NSA spy program. I mean, he is a really great uh, American patriot, Dennis Kucinich, and I've heard he has the strongest handshake in congressional history. But apparently he was nice to you, huh, Travis? He was so nice to me that he didn't break my hand. Okay. Very nice of him. All right. Well, we're we're voting for him now. I like <laughs> I don't know if he's running. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> oh man. So uh basically today's episode also joining me as always, Miss Mary Kelly. Wonderful. How you doing, darling? I am great. And um and so and, and, and Travis, we're talking about running for office. The what what it's like you know the brighter side of why people should do it, why people like Ben, why normal people should go out there and they should run for office, and yep. that, that's kind of what today is about. Well, so I, you're yeah. you're you always speak to this, and that's why you're actually doing it now. Yeah, I do a political show here uh, here on Cave Comedy Radio, Ablingen's Top Hat, and I've been encouraging people to run for public office for years. And finally, um, because of the success of last podcast on the left, I don't have a day job, uh, which I yeah. always find to be quite beneficial. Um, when freeing up time. So and, people who run for office should not have a job. Well, you know, that's one of the interesting <laughs> things that, and one of the difficult parts about uh, about running for public office. It really does, uh, you know, uh, you have to have time to do it. You have to have a family structure put in place that allows you to run for public office. A lot of people at the end of the day are working 60 hours a week, and they can't uh, yeah. run for office. It's expensive. It's time-consuming. Um, but it's a wonderful experience so far. I've loved meeting everybody as I go and fly with these campaigns. Uh, uh, you know, or, or at these uh, at these events, rather, we went to the uh, New York City Pride Fest this mm-hmm. past weekend, which was phenomenal. What a great uh, time! Oh, I, was, I went out. I went, I went and handed out flyers yeah. for Kissel, not to toot my own horn. No, you did but a I great was job. A, I was having a great. I was out there mm-hmm. meeting people. I totally. was ta- I was shaking hands. I was there. Was like, come on, grow me a Kissel. I'll tell you anything <laughs> you want to know. I know. <laughs> it's incredible. It's incredible. And you know, so many people are just excited to get the flyer, and they're like, "Good luck," you know. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. so there's so much positive energy. One thing around I will it. I will notice is like. Ethnic people, anyone of any race that's not white wants the flyer and wants to talk to you about it. It's very interesting. And and that's the great thing. Sometimes they want to uh, engage in conversation. Otherwise, uh, other times it's just give them the flyer and kind of move on, leave them alone. But, uh, you know, engaging in the conversations is really an amazing way to meet the constituents and uh, and the people. And everyone has uh, concerns and thoughts. And you really don't know what the needs of your community are until you go out and start talking to people because everyone's needs and uh and um, you know, points of view are different. So Absolutely. it's been a, a fascinating and enlightening experience. And as someone who is constantly battling the bulge on account of my horrible diet, yeah. uh, <laughs> the amount of walking uh, that I've been doing this summer has been extremely beneficial towards my health. And yeah. I think I'm, you know, two you years further Brooklyn away president. from being diabetic. If you if you, you become Brooklyn president, Papa John's is definitely staying. Oh, Papa John's might be on every corner. Um, that is a possibility. Pepper, Pepperchinos in every fridge. That's uh, one of the campaign uh, promises. Absolutely. And Travis, you ran for office twice, correct? That is correct, yeah. So, I mean, like, it's got to be a shit ton of work, right, man? I mean, now you're also Ben Kissel's campaign manager, so you're basically doing it for a third time. Yeah, I'm actually interested to hear Travis's thoughts on this. I think being the campaign manager seems more difficult than being the candidate. Yeah, I actually uh, wouldn't agree. I don't know. I go back and forth with it. I'll be honest. Ben is a great candidate. It's actually been really fun to see him kind of uh, kind of form into it i mean because he, he loves talking to people and people love talking to him ben is so tall like people are just immediately <laughs> enamored with him there's just like staring at him like yes yes whatever yes you, it's best to have the, the freaks in charge because yeah. they've, yeah, they've been exactly. through a lot uh-huh. <laughs> so it's uh you know it's been fun to do it uh, this way with ben and kind of be more behind the scenes i've worked in other campaigns i haven't really been in charge of them but i i can tell you you know there's a big difference between being the campaign campaign manager and, and the candidate, the candidate, you really do. You got to get out there and do what Ben's doing and just talk to people and campaign managers, more like strategy and paperwork and filing forms and yeah. sending emails and things like that. So, uh, you know, and, and 
especially running in Ohio, it wasn't as difficult. I just ran for mayor of my hometown uh, 10 years ago when I was 24 years old. Mm -hmm. And that was, you know, it's a town of 14,000, but only like 4,000 people were able to vote. Wow. Um, It's mainly families and uh, kids here. So that wasn't too big of an ordeal. You know, I was able to walk the whole city almost. Yeah, you got Um, to actually meet everybody. Yeah, exactly. And Congress, when I ran for Congress in 2010, obviously way bigger district, a lot more walking, more counties, more people to meet. And also, you know, I I was running with the Libertarian Party, so you're already at a disadvantage uh, monetarily mm-hmm. and yeah. just name recognition. And, you know, a lot of people just, well, you know, the conservatives hate all the, the socially liberal things about the Libertarian platform and the liberals hate all the conservatively conservative uh, fiscally conservative parts of the platform so that one was a little tougher but we you know our main thing there was just having good videos and our videos actually got on uh, anderson cooper and pbs's news hour and a bunch of other uh cool things that year and that's kind of what we're we're kind of bringing something like the ben's campaign too having these fun videos and Mm -hmm. kind of a fun vibe to it but also showing that he's very serious and having actual real issues and real policy discussion yeah. well that's you yeah. know the 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 interesting thing about running for brooklyn borough president it's really an advocate position so you're basically yeah, like just, what does he do what is the well, what, what is the what is a brooklyn borough president the brooklyn borough president does have a vote when it comes to land use other than that you just advocate for policies that you want to see enacted to the city council yeah uh so it really is a cheerleader position it's a spokesperson Which position. you might have to actually write some uh, of those up I can write. I can write. I know. Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> You're a great writer. Great so writer. it really is just about highlighting the great parts of the borough and, you know, highlighting the amazing people of Brooklyn, the amazing businesses in Brooklyn. The borough itself is 2.4 million people. So it's larger than South Dakota, North Dakota, Montana, and like Wyoming combined. It's huge. Yeah, well, Brooklyn is, would be the fourth biggest city in America if yes. it was its own city. Yes. So it is like, you know, we're learning and we're seeing so much of Brooklyn. It is a massive borough with such uh, a great diverse electorate mm-hmm. uh such incredible constituents from all walks of life all uh and nationalities all over the country all over the world people come to brooklyn yeah. and so it's just a fascinating community to uh to be exploring how's your huzzah coming are you been getting good at yelling huzzah now what would i yell that for uh like you know if, if you ever like have to like break a bottle on a boat you, just, <laughs> you know it's like huzzah you know yeah, <laughs> when i'm really trying when i'm trying to get that yacht constituency yeah. um yes Huzzah! Yeah, yes, down that, at the Navy Yard, uh-huh. I imagine you got to yell huzzah. Maybe at the mer- <laughs> at the Mermaid Parade, you know, we see yeah. everyone. Huzzah! You know, you know it's like, like I felt like I did pretty good uh, <laughs> interacting with people at the Mermaid Parade, but I did lack huzzah. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and that's yeah. unfortunate. <laughs> so that's you know that's a good note, Eddie. Going forward, extra huzzah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it worked back in you know uh-huh. the old in Deadwood. You know, so I mean, it's got to work here. That's great. Yeah, that's a, that's a perfect. If it worked in Deadwood, it'll work in Brooklyn. Yeah, that's that's a great idea, Eddie. I don't think I can get away with the language from Deadwood, but that's okay. Mary, what do you think that the uh, Brooklyn Borough President should uh, bring to the job? What do you What do you think is something that would be a good policy for Ben? Ooh. What do you think? Thank You've been you, living man. in Brooklyn for a while. What pisses you off about Brooklyn? Is it the stoplights. Well, well, we have. To, well, I will have to say, I'm advocating for, pro stoplight. For, for a real <laughs> question, um, uh, how much influence do you have over the current issue with the MTA's funding coming from the state of New York? Well, because I feel like that's a real big issue. That for is a everyone. huge issue. So when it comes to uh, when it comes to transportation, obviously the L train is going to be shut down in 2019. Yeah, uh, and the G train in 18, right? 
Well, they don't know exactly what they're doing with the G train yet. I don't think it's going to be shut down while the L train is shut down because that'll totally, uh, that will just mess up transportation for millions and millions of people. 300,000 yeah. people a day use the L train. Yeah. So I'm advocating for uh, taking the G train and expanding it back to what it was in the 80s and early 90s, uh, 9 to 11 cars. Because right now it's only five cars. It wasn't full enough, basically, yeah. back in the day, which is why uh, Curtis Slewa of the Guardian back Angels. back into Queens, too. Uh, you know, that's not a bad idea. Unfortunately, uh, I'm taking care of Brooklyn here, Eddie. <laughs> um, so, but, uh, you know, so definitely advocate to get the G train, uh, to, to, to uh, extend the G train four to five extra cars, which it definitely can be because it was previously uh, mm -hmm. for those people that live in brooklyn uh you if you've taken the g train you know you can actually miss the g train even if you're on the platform because it just it's, it's, it's such so a small far, train and you have to end up dead sprinting uh even though you're there waiting for it for 20 minutes you're just staring the conductor just in the eyes staring and you just like, slowly shuts do the, it. the the conductor <laughs> is like a like a cat knocking your sunglasses off the table as he slowly <laughs> looks at you every inch it nudges it further towards uh its inevitable conclusion to the floor uh so that would be definitely one thing that I will uh, heavily advocate for uh, expanding the G train so the people of Brooklyn actually have viable transportation. Because when the L train shuts down again, that's 300,000 people a day taking that. Uh, yeah. They're going to be it's going to be dire straits. And it currently is the G train currently is way overcrowded already. Yeah. So that definitely needs to be expanded. And then the, the burden's going to fall on basically like the J train and the 7 train taking yeah. all these people. And the G, because everyone's going to take the L to the G to go either north or south to get across yeah. the river. And the 7's a madman now. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, you have the situation, you know, when it comes to pollution. And, you know, do we want, uh, you know, there's a lot of buses. The city has a lot of uh, diesel buses, but they also have a lot of clean energy buses. Mm -hmm. So I would definitely advocate for clean energy buses to be going down Grand Street, which is a street that goes into the Williamsburg Bridge which brings you into Lower Manhattan, and then you can, or, um, yeah, I think that's Lower Manhattan, yeah. and then you can connect to the F, the J, uh, you know, those trains there. But, you know, what we saw with Hurricane Sandy, it's obviously a climate-related issue. So the worst thing that we could do is have diesel buses increased and more car usage. We really want to try to limit uh, yeah. emissions and things like that, because at the end of the day, Williamsburg, where I am at, and parts of Brooklyn, uh, you know, we didn't really get hit that hard by Hurricane Sandy, but now this is sort of our, this is our comeuppance to some degree. This is us dealing with a massive issue of climate change, and this is the ramifications of, you know, of the massive emissions that was, that's uh, uh, obviously being, uh, you know, polluting our society. But the work they're doing has to happen at the same time on the L train. It must. It has to be done. Because yeah. so if the next hurricane that comes in, it won't kill the train again. Absolutely. That's basically what they're doing, right? And so the fact that Governor Cuomo has taken power away from the city when it comes to the MTA is absolutely atrocious. And I put that on Bill de Blasio's feet. He's not uh, he's not doing a good job as far as winning the power battle uh, between the governorship and the uh, and the uh, mayor's office. And it's really unfortunate because at the end of the day, it's just the common people like you and I that end up, you know, taking the brunt of their political fighting. Yeah. So, so have you met your uh, switching gears a little bit? Have you met yeah. your opponent? Uh, I, I have not met him. His name is Eric Adams. He's a former captain of the NYP. PD, uh, and there's uh, certainly nothing wrong with that. I did see him briefly uh, at the Mermaid Parade uh, while I was out there actively passing out flyers. Uh, I haven't did met you him wave at, at him at least? No, I didn't wave at him. He was just sort of meandering in the middle of the street. Uh, you think he know. caught you? Think he saw you out of the corner of his eye? I don't know. I, I'm, I'm tough Travis? to miss. Travis? Uh, you know, I don't want to do personal uh, hyperbolic attacks against Eric Adams. It really is just providing uh, the people of Brooklyn with an option. Uh, and, you know, we have a Republican uh, opponent as well. Mm -hmm. uh, we're running with the Reform, the Libertarian Party. So that's what we, we want to give an option to the people of Brooklyn who don't feel like they're Absolutely. being represented uh, by either the Democratic Party nor the Republican Party. And if you don't feel like you're being represented, I'm your choice. 
because I will represent you. <laughs> I, love, and, you I, know, love, ben, I love you, buddy. I'm so excited no, ben, for this. This is one of my favorite things that's ever happened. I am so on board with you and can't wait uh, Can't wait to see how this all goes, man. You Get out and shake this shit up, you know? You have like, fun with it. You know, I mean, these things don't have to be stale, boring. Uh, you know, it's not a stale, boring process. It's a really exciting process. I mean. Uh, and it's uh, and it's kind of scary. Uh, but at the same time, you know, embrace the fun, embrace the fear, and just go and follow it. Well, you remember what happened when Howard Stern reigned for mayor? Not that, you know. Governor, I believe. Uh, governor? Governor? I think he was going to run for governor. Oh, but, I'm fairly but he was he was winning. He was winning, and then he's like, I'm out, <laughs> because yeah, he realized yeah. he was going to get it. But Howard Stern actually did have a policy. Uh, he floated a policy idea that became law. He wanted construction to be done at night, not during the day, and then they changed that policy. That yeah. was a totally rational, reasonable policy. Uh, everyone's been stuck in traffic. No one likes to be stuck in traffic. Why aren't they doing construction at night? And Howard Stern actually had social – he created social change uh, by floating that idea and running for governor. That's unbelievable. Yeah. Do you think that, like, because you are a public personality now with last podcast on the left yeah. and Abe Lincoln's top hat, you know, thousands, if not a, a million people listen yeah. to Ben Kissel on a weekly basis. And so it, you, you are you are a public figure. Yeah. And, and so it's just like, do you think that's something that should happen more, more public figures running for office? Well, I mean, anyone that wants to run for office should definitely do it. Maybe being a public figure might not be the most applicable thing uh, when running for comptroller or something like that. Yeah. But for for this position specifically, this is a public figure position, uh, Brooklyn Borough President, because again, it's an advocate position where you want to be, I would definitely channel more of a Marty Markowitz approach to it. Yeah. Very out front, very like, let's go to the cameras, let's talk to the people, let's get Brooklyn more attention, more attention, which then of course leads to more tourism, which leads to better, uh, more money and yeah. uh, bigger businesses and better businesses. And for people who don't know, who's Marco? Markowitz? Marty Markowitz was the Borough President for years and years and years. He was always on SNL. I'm I heard about him in Wisconsin. Oh, like that's yeah. how like big of a personality this guy was. And of course, some people disagreed or did not like him. Uh, but I think the overall approval of Marty was fairly high. Oh. So, but that's what he did. He was a great spokesperson for the borough, and I think uh, that's exactly what uh, I would bring to the table is being a great advocate uh, for Brooklyn. Man, this is this is very exciting for me. I I, I can't anything you need, buddy. A hundred percent on board. Yeah, I mean, and we're definitely you know uh, we're running on a hard uh, policy platform when it comes to advocating for criminal justice reform. Uh, we have to uh, get rid of uh, the predatory police practices that are prominent, uh, specifically in Brooklyn. If you look at marijuana arrests, which we are for one hundred percent legalization, yeah, uh, not just medical, one hundred percent legalization of recreational use of marijuana. Oh my God, how much marijuana. money would Brooklyn make? Huge amounts like, of money. It, a ridiculous Coney Huge Island. Amount. Huge. I mean, look at look what happened in uh, you know in uh, in Colorado. And of course, we have to you know use and crime marijuana. goes down. We have to use well what crime oftentimes you're not arresting people for weed that's for fucking exactly short. and that is now a crime right so yeah. naturally crime would go down yeah. <laughs> uh, but the issue is uh predatory policing if you look at marijuana arrests 46 percent black 39 percent hispanic that's that's who is uh, being arrested yeah. for marijuana use all of my white friends smoke weed yeah. You know, so there is definitely a racial Guilty. disparity. Guilty as charged, Eddie <laughs> Larson just said. There's a racial disparity in the way that we uh, the, in the way that we police uh, marijuana crime. So it's bigger than this idea of like, oh, stoners just want to get high and all this. Kind of, this is about criminal justice reform, keeping people out of prison, getting them out of Rikers Island, which yeah. is 89% black and Hispanic. The average stay at Rikers Island is 59 days, some as long as a year and a half, or what we saw with Khalif Browder, who was there for three years in solitary confinement. Uh, and 
And to clarify solitary confinement, you are living in a room the size of a king-size mattress. Yeah. And you're just living in that. And, this and there's young a man hole in the middle of the floor himself. you're supposed to shit and piss in. It's just, yeah. And you, you don't have any human contact. None. You think that maybe you're like, oh, it'd be nice to like not talk to anyone for a while because you're in jail. You don't want to talk to anyone. That's completely <laughs> wrong. Yep. Like it is fucking, it is a, it is a nightmare. It is, a, is a, it, you will, it will break anybody. Absolutely. It absolutely and, and it, will. This poor kid like, is, is an extreme case, but it is well, a, it, if it can happen like that, it can happen to fucking anybody. It's an extreme case, but sadly, not even that extreme of a case. Uh, we have a situation where their bail bond process, the average misdemeanor fine is $1,000, or uh, bail bond is $1,000. Uh, for a felony, it's $5,000. And you hear the word felony, and you say, oh, they must have done something really wrong. There was a law floated uh, in New York City to make, re- to make resisting arrest a felony. Uh, it, so, it, it is Ba- and that is a crime based off of opinion. And it's also if an officer uh, detains you for no reason, and you have and you resist to being detained or flail your arms, which is what human beings do when uh, people tackle and grab you. You, you know, know like you've got to fucking move right. around. So you've committed no crime, but now you've committed a crime because the officer has just put you in a position where now you have flailed your, flailed your arms, and now you're considered uh, under arrest for resisting arrest. And it once you have a felony, insane. you cannot vote. You, and so this it, is yeah. something that if mm-hmm. would have it did not pass, but if it would have passed, and Bratton was so behind it, if this would have passed, it would have definitely restricted the race of people who get to vote in New York City, and like yep. it would have been a, it would have been a big it would have been horrible for this time. So we have to do a complete, uh, you know, I'm for closing down Rikers Island. I don't mind the five borough plan. I believe that people, we need to have a society where we don't just throw individuals away, literally on a torture island. Yeah. Uh, and we, we just have to live in a society where we want to uh, have people who perhaps have committed a crime. We need to get them to assimilate back into society in uh, the most um, practical way possible so that they can actually benefit society, get jobs, uh, you know, vote, continue to be members of society. So then they don't continually um, re, re uh, you know, uh, continue down, a, down a, a, a path of crime because there's no other option. But they, they close all the options for these individuals. So the only thing they can do uh, yeah. oftentimes is to do black market things, uh, to, you know, in order to make a living. And it's really just a vicious cycle and it's extremely unfortunate and it's predatory and there's no denying that it's violently racist. Yeah. So uh, definitely want to do, uh, you know, complete criminal, always advocate for criminal justice reform. Uh, Rikers Island, the average stay, again, 59 days, total violation of your Sixth Amendment, the right to a speedy trial. And not uh, just that, you're ruining people's lives. They're losing their jobs. Oh, you absolutely. Know, their reputation over nothing. Over, it's nothing. Like, for jumping a turnstile? Come on. Yep. Like, you know, it's like, let's, let's, leave, let's leave people alone a little bit and watch them blossom. It is unbelievable. And, of course, the bail bond system. It preys on the poor. You literally have people who yeah. are rotting in uh, in Rikers Island right now because they can't $30. pay the fi- 30 bucks, 500 bucks. Uh, there was a case where a man thought that he owed, I believe it was $1,000. He owed $2, and he was there for over, uh, I think it was four months, yeah. uh, for $2. Like it, it is absolutely insane, and we need to totally restructure it, and we have to stop treating these people uh, we need to start treating people as like people, not like, you know, statistics that we can knock off and uh, and check off on our quota list when we're a police officer. Also, we have to completely do away with the entire the entire quota process uh, yeah. because it's obviously, you know, where do you if you're is a that fisherman, real? You is go, the quota real? Absolutely. I mean, yeah. if you're a fisherman, you go to where the fish are. And if you're if you're an officer, you need to fill out your quota sheet. You're going to these poorer areas where people don't have lawyers. They're not represented um, by any by any, um, you know, anyone with any kind of power. And uh, you just go and you, you pray on them and you fill up your quota sheet and you call it a day. 
So it's it's totally, uh, completely beyond the pale and completely unconstitutional. So that's also yeah. why I'm for lifting the three-and-a-half-year mandatory minimum on illegal guns because I believe that we live in a society of stop, frisk, and plant. I really believe that the officers, they stop, they frisk, and they plant a weapon. And I think this because I did two weeks of grand jury duty in Kings County. Uh, yeah. It was a... F- interesting experience that i don't want i don't i don't necessarily recommend anyone doing it uh, if you yeah. can't if you are smart enough to get out of grand jury duty you know feel free to use your intelligence and do that uh, apparently <laughs> i wasn't quite able to and but two weeks on grand jury duty every officer that came in uh and there was talking about finding a weapon on someone oftentimes there were these really small like snub nose guns and the blacks and hispanics that were on the jury with me did not believe the officers one bit. And it was really interesting to see yeah. the skepticism in that community. And this skepticism doesn't come out of the ether. Like, the, yeah. I, be, I believe you see enough. You see it happen enough times. Exactly. I mean, it's stereotypes, that, you know, yeah. and, and it is a, it, it, it's what happens. I believe when people tell me if huge groups, huge populations in this country are talking about uh, you know, race, uh, police brutality in their communities, uh, police planting evidence, I believe them. Yeah, because that's just what I'm going to choose to believe. That's who I'm going to choose to believe. Because what would be the benefit uh, of them lying about this on a regular basis? It's so so. That was a really enlightening uh, experience, you know. And of course, grand jury duty. Grand jury duty was a interesting slice of uh, of Brooklyn. It, it was very yeah. representative of the borough. So that's why I came up with that policy idea because I really believe it's stop, frisk, and oftentimes plant. Yeah, I mean illegal guns, man. Though you gotta, you, what do you do though? You have well, to, you have to punish I, people who buy illegal guns. I advocate for smart gun technology. I have no problem advocating for that. Uh, I think we have to do things um, in the light because when it, when they're done in the dark, uh, everything gets more dangerous. So if you yeah. want to have, uh, you know, if you want to be a responsible gun owner in Brooklyn, I do believe there should be a path so that you can be a responsible gun owner. Again, I'm also for smart gun technology mm-hmm. uh, and tracking. You know, I mean, I have no problem with, with, with the officers knowing what gun belongs to who, and yeah. if that gun is used in, illegal, in, a, in an illegal crime or in a crime, obviously all a crime is illegal, then that gun should be tracked back to the perpetrator. You know what else would be good? Vision test. That would be good. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah, a good yeah. idea. Glasses for gun owners. <laughs> I'm starting a whole campaign glasses for gun owners. You know, that's the thing, man. There's not a vision test to find a gun. That is kind of ridiculous. It is. You could you could use just let you know, let's check out the eyes. Yeah, you know? <laughs> I think it's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, Travis. Yes, I'm just enjoying the uh, well rehearsed remarks from my very fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I th- I think you're being are you being sarcastic? No, I'm being completely genuine. <laughs> he can't get a read on this guy. He's a good campaign manager. Uh, so, Travis, what happened? Ben gets in. What happens? Do you do you just find another candidate to back, or what? What's your what's your next move as campaign manager? Oh well, yeah. No, after Ben wins, we all uh, get great cushy jobs in the uh, Brooklyn Borough uh, President's Office. Except we're going to all cut our salaries in half and and take the train. And the buses to work. We're going to fire all three of the chauffeurs. I think what the the Brooklyn Borough President's Office has a four point six million dollar budget, Ben. Yeah, that's it. Around there. Yeah, Ooh. we're going to chop all that in that's half, huge. if not by more, and, and, and do it the millennial way. You know, the uh, the uh, pay your student loans and be in debt and live with your parents way. Uh, that's how. Is, yeah. That's yeah. how good we are. And there's no cushy jobs, Travis. Thumbtacks on every seat. <laughs> when I'm Brooklyn, thumbtacks on every seat. Stay on your game. Stay on your feet. We got to help the people of Brooklyn. Yeah, you know what? That's a good. Uh, that should be a jingle. Uh, a jingle. 
is just you beating your staff. <laughs> Go help them. <laughs> Go advocate for the people of Brooklyn. Criminal justice reform. <laughs> so it's a great. It's been a great process. Super exciting, and uh, yeah, I, I'm absolutely loving it. I love it, man. I can't wait. I, I really think you got a chance. I don't think you should. Uh, you'd never shortchange yourself, man. You're going to come out swinging on this. Well, we're just going to do the best we can. I mean, again, it's it's an uphill battle, to say the least. Uh, you know, we talk about the duopoly of power. And You're how definitely the is. underdog. Definitely, no question about it. There is zero question, but there's something <laughs> fun. Uh, there is something fun about being the underdog. Our backs are against the wall. We have nothing to lose, and we're just going to keep on throwing everything out there and having a good time while we do it. Yeah. And, again, for this position – that's exactly what the people need. Hell yeah. And the 21st, yeah. people should come out, right? Yeah, July 21st, uh, we're going to do a campaign uh, event. It's, it's also my birthday, uh, which is very, uh, you know, I'm not a big birthday person. But anyway, the, the more important thing is the campaign event. So, uh, we'll, yeah. you know, I'll send out, uh, you know, put that on Twitter and we'll make a Facebook uh, group for that. We'll give some speeches. We'll have a bunch of guest speakers and uh, it'll just be a fun time. When do you get to debate the other guys? Well, that's an interesting question. And uh, that's something we've been uh, talking about. I believe it is, and Travis, you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, I believe it has to do with how much money we've raised, and you have to raise a certain amount in order to get into the debates, um, which again is what? is completely insane. That doesn't make any um, sense. No, I know. The whole, the entire you know, democratic Well, I guess you can't have anyone just jumping in there and ruining the debate. Well, I mean, you know, we are, right. we are, we are, we are on the ballot. You know, we are, we're, a full, we're fully endorsed, you know, yeah. by, a, by a party that has ballot access in the Reform Party, so... Uh, hopefully we can debate because that would be a dream come true. That'd be unbelievable. So how do we get? What do we got to do to like uh, make a stink about you debating, Travis? What do we got to do? Well, yeah, the, that threshold placement is there to, as you guys noted, to keep out certain candidates. But uh, the bigger thing, Ben, is that once we raise a certain amount of money, then uh, it's mandatory for the debate to happen. So it, it's not even it's not even an option at that point. Mm. You, Eric Adams, is required to debate anyone he's running against uh to uh if they raise a certain amount of money so mm. um that's you know that would be great i think ben would be incredible in the debates um there's yeah. also just the possibility of always you know just voter advocacy groups hosting their own debates and then eric adams can kind of it's up to eric adams you know he didn't have any opposition when he ran four years ago so it's kind of up to him if he'd want to show up to those or if you know some of these incumbents they're better off just not showing up yeah, I mean, the Democratic Party machine is huge, obviously, in Brooklyn and throughout New York. Uh, so, you know, you do wonder if it would be in their best interest to debate. And obviously, I mean, it would be a great experience, and I think we would do extremely well uh, in the debate. So, uh, you know, perhaps they're a little bit frightened. Uh, <laughs> if, I do, if, I, if I could just add about, you know, now that we, Ben and I were just made aware last week that there is, in fact, a Republican uh, candidate in the race. And before we were kind of thinking maybe it would just be Ben Kissel and Eric Adams, which I think would have worked to our advantage. But even this, in a way, does. If you look at the history of third-party politics, you know, for example, Hunter S. Thompson running for sheriff mm -hmm. of Aspen County in 1970. Mm -hmm. um, what happened was the old-school, you know, Republican-Democrat uh, political establishment. They were overwhelmed by the population of, of you know, hippies and, and people, you know, the young counterculture people moving to Aspen. Um, in the 1960s. And so they actually realized that uh, Hunter Thompson probably would have won the majority of votes against the Republicans and Democrats. So to keep Hunter Thompson and the other freak party power uh, candidate uh, out of the county commissioner's office, the Republicans and Democrats actually colluded 
and the Republicans voted for the Democrat for county commissioner, and all mm-hmm. the Democrats voted for the Republican for sheriff to keep out Hunter S. Thompson wow. and the other uh, Free Power Party. So yeah. I think with all the millennials, you know, all these kids moving to Brooklyn, moving to Bushwick. Yeah, but Green they still Point got Minnesota li- you know, licenses. Well, th- and that is one of the difficult things uh, when it comes to actually finding voters who are eligible to vote here in Brooklyn? It is it is an uphill battle and it is difficult. Um, but you know we can in New York does have fairly strict laws on voter registration and things like that. Also, as we saw mm-hmm. uh, with people trying to vote for Bernie Sanders in the primary uh, in 2016, oh, it's, man, it's not I as easy do it. as people. They wouldn't think. let me. Yeah, New York is a very strict city when it comes to uh, when it comes to voting uh, and elections, as Travis is finding out on a regular basis uh, when it comes to being a campaign manager. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, I do want part of our campaign uh, strategy to be registering a lot of these new kids. And I do think a lot of them actually aren't registered. I think the point I was trying to get at is that the old school Brooklyn, you know, the, the Brooklynites who are used to uh, voting uh, for decades. I, I do wonder if now that there's a Republican and a Democrat, if that's going to kind of split the old political establishment vote. Because Eric Adams is honestly not even popular with Democrats, the more folks I talk to. So then, you know, then I can see, uh, you know, the younger millennial people getting out there. I mean, Ben's got so many fans in Brooklyn. It's astonishing. I think we were talking about out of the million downloads you guys get on last podcast on the last some 300,000 of those are in Brooklyn or something like that. That's crazy. So, yeah, and we ran you know, into we, we run into people all the time. Uh, Eddie and I at Proud uh, Pride Fest this past weekend. It was crazy. Yeah, we ran into like seven or eight listeners. Someone ran up and gave me a hug. It yeah. was it was fun. I love it. So that's it. what's so great about it too. You just randomly run into people who are fans and uh yeah, it's perfect. Man, uh so so we're t- we're coming to a close here. This is the brighter side. Running for political office is obviously a lot of work. Travis, I'll let you go first. What's the brighter side of running for political office? The brighter side is standing up for what you believe in and actually doing something about it on on the level of actually getting involved with the democratic process. You know, especially after this last election with Trump and Bernie and Hillary and everyone's just so upset. All I see is just drivel, drivel, drivel on social media. And that's not mm-hmm. enough anymore. It's not enough to just do that and get your your likes and your comments and, and do your social media arguing. It is Everyone fun. needs to start getting involved, millennials especially. I'll tell you my brighter side, when I ran for mayor, I ran on a very specific issue that was important to my neighbors. We were fighting with the university uh, across the street. I'm actually looking at it right now from the front porch. Um, <laughs> they were buying up homes and rezoning them and then knocking down the homes and building up dorms. So my neighbors were very upset about this. You know, They didn't move here to become a college campus, uh, my yeah. parents included. And so by advocating for that issue, even though I did not win mayor, um, I got sixth place, but I became friends with the guy who did become mayor. And all of a sudden my mom and a couple of neighbors were put on zoning commissions, building commissions. And as of now, this thing that was expanding the university, the, it was called the Southwest Master Plan, which was a terrible name, especially yeah. for a, a predominantly Jewish uh, suburb, which we are. Um, it was, uh, it's been halted in its tracks and now we actually have a guy down the street who's on city council and just me running on a little message campaign actually made a difference. That's and so, amazing. you know, yeah. when you get involved on a local level, those kind of things can happen. Yep. Yeah. I mean, again, the brighter side, first of all, the walking, good exercise. That's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, meeting people and, uh, <laughs> and what Travis said, you know, actually taking your thoughts, your political philosophies and putting them into practice and then yeah. hearing people who might agree or might disagree, but 
after you explain the reasons uh, or the motivations behind your policy ideas, even if someone disagrees, they'll understand. Yeah. And that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to get more understanding, more actual human interaction. Everyone fights and bickers constantly on social media, and no one is really coming together. So it's just mm -hmm. a great experience to actually get out there, meet people, realize that everyone is – for the most part, really good. Yeah. And they just want, you know, they want their basic needs met. They want to, they want to be left alone and they want their government, government to function. Yeah. And that's, you know, and if we don't get involved, if the young people do not get involved, uh, you know, the fact that we had 35. Bernie Sanders at 74 years old, I know, I know <laughs> I'm not talking about myself, but Bernie's 74 years old, Trump 70, Hillary 69 years old. And yeah. you look, and then you go down the list. It's just, we have to get young people into politics, get them excited about politics. I Absolutely. And, uh, you know, a lot of people just get uh, overwhelmed because it is such a toxic environment. It can be such a toxic environment, but it doesn't have to be. Yeah. And, you know, that's what the powers that be want. They want us divided. They want us angry. They want us infighting. And the Republicans and the Democrats do the exact same thing. Whoever is in office, you see the Republicans shoving this new health care bill down uh, everyone's throats behind closed doors, just like the Democrats did behind closed doors. And the Republicans yeah. said, you have to be more transparent. And now the Democrats say, you have to be more transparent. And it really is just people in the middle of this country, uh, moderate people, everyone in this, uh, just normal Americans getting screwed over by both sides on a regular basis. Yeah. So it, it's just about being active, getting involved, and having an actual stake in communities and, yeah. and having a stake in, uh, you know, in your community and, and forming the world that you want to see. You yeah. know, and then we all have the power to do it. Yeah. Then the and and uh, the reform and the Libertarian Party, if they're not for you, at least know that it's good that they're there, that they exist, yeah. and there should be more options. Yeah, absolutely. We should be. And we should be. Ha we should. We should not be choosing between two people. This is no. what happens when we choose between two people. Absolutely. Here we should be choosing between fucking ten people. You know. And, let's and, see it. You like, know. Lose the. Uh, you know. Also. Stop with the brand loyalty. Really, like the Democratic Party and the Republican Party aren't doing anything good for you. Uh, in the Reform Party, Libertarian, it doesn't matter. Vote for the person that you like the best. Uh, yeah. And vote for the person, not the party. People just get so entrenched in their binary thinking uh, when it comes to politics. Mm -hmm. And it really is leading to the decline of our society. I mean, with bridges collapsing on a regular basis, education is absolutely in shambles, even though we spend more than, uh, than the majority of countries around the world. Uh, yeah. You know, look at what's happening and look who's been in power uh, for so long. We need other options. Absolutely, man. Mary, how, what do you think? Closing thoughts. Brighter side of running for office. I love this conversation. I just watched that uh, documentary about Roger Stone. Mm -hmm. That's on Netflix right now. Give me Roger Stone. Yes. Yeah. And uh, I think you just lifted me out of a depression about politics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Roger, I Stone like... is, Roger Stone is an interesting character. He's got a Nixon tattoo on his back. And I always think of, what is it, was it De Niro in Cape Fear? Mm -hmm. yeah. it, I just think about him like work because he's a bodybuilder also. Uh, and I just think about De Niro in Cape Fear, as, but with Roger Stone with the Nixon tattoo on the back. Absolutely. <laughs> well, Ben, man, thank you so much for coming in. We got your back 100%. Travis, love you, dude. Uh, you you stay cool out there in uh, Ohio. Don't let the don't let the back home fucking mess with you, man. Hey, don't you worry. I've got Ohio under control, and I'm looking forward <laughs> to getting back to Brooklyn and winning yep. this thing for BK for BK. That's it. And July second, we we got the I'm the Grand Marshal of the Zombie Parade. This is that's uh, unbelievable. Which is going to be incredible. That is that is so, something worth coming to town for. It's for be fun. And then stick around for Fourth of July. Fourth of July in New York City is really cool. Go yep. down to Coney Island. Yep. Check that out. It's going to be unbelievable. We'll be at Coney Island flyering, talking to people, enjoying the uh, the hot dog eating competition, a great American tradition, and uh, so it'll be a lot. 
lot of fun. All right. And so that's BK for BK. Dot uh, uh, yep. com. Check it out. Listen, ben, all of Ben's platforms are listed on there, what mm-hmm. he believes in. So go check it out. Uh, if you're in Brooklyn and you're not registered to vote here, register. Like it's, We need you. Let's, let's fix Brooklyn from Brooklyn. Absolutely. Don't worry about the presidency. Worry about back home first and let's build to it. That's it. Politics are about community boards. You know, uh, it's small stuff. That's you what matters local, the most. Think you know, local. Think local and then the rest can change after that. Once you show someone how it works in your neighborhood, they're going to want to do it too. That's it. All right. Also, please go check out Travis Irvine's new comedy albums coming out. It's called Guy from Ohio. It's being released Friday, June 30th uh, on tour records. All right. So go check that out. It's amazing. Man's been working in comedy for 10 years. It's 10 years of material all in one hour. It's going to be awesome. Check out Guy from Ohio by Travis Irvine. All right, guys, uh, we love you. A brand new Brooklyn band from members of the Cowmen and the Bushwick Gospel Singers and Fletcher C. Johnson. We're coming at you hard. These are the GBs. Everybody knows. We can play the whole thing, uh, Mary and Megan. So let's, let's jam it. This is a summer jam if I've ever heard one. Check it out. Love y'all. Be good to yourself.
more shows like the one you just listened to, go to cavecomedyradio.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.